0: Hey friends, your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this weekly show, we go th- often go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master to prepare for our game. In this case, I am w- going to... What am I going to do? Today, we are going to continue my series of videos in which I am running Blades in the Dark. I'm not actually running during the show, but I'm going to talk about what my game has been like and get my head around what I need to do in order to run a fun game later today for my Sunday, for my Sunday group. So yeah, last week was my first full real session of Blades in the Dark and it went very well. Some interesting things that happened. First of all, I ran with six players. I had my full contingent of players and that was fine. I didn't, I, I thought it was going to be a real problem. And uh, it was fine, right? I had no, I had no problems. People, you know, the whole, like there were, there were, there were, there are D&D like things that I have to let go of, like initiative, right? There's no initiative. There's no, and it's important for me to make sure that everybody gets a chance to jump in. And I think they did for the most part. Like, I can't be sure. Cause it's like things that I, you know, what I don't know, what I don't know, but I think that worked out and I, I never felt like, oh man, I really wish I had initiative, Right, and instead, people just kind of jumped in. So that, so that worked. That worked well. The whole way that the story moved worked worked well. Like the the, the flow of the story and how things came about and what occurred, that all worked really well there was a fair bit of, it wasn't exactly, it was a, a fair bit of like more session zero stuff happened. We had two players who were not in the, that weren't in the first session. So we introduced them, but they had gone and made their characters during uh, offline so that they came in with hot characters ready to go. But then there was a lot about the lair that we still had to do. And there was a fair number of questions about the, the crew that we needed to answer. And it reinforced for me that like, this is a complicated game right that for a story focused game there's just a lot of stuff going on more so than i'm comfortable with for a storytelling game it's definitely more than any of the powered by the apocalypse games i've played it's certainly more than i've done when i've run fate in either fate or fate accelerated or fate condensed it's definitely got more going on because it has these like character sheets because it's got these crew sheets layers and like expansion it's just it's a it's a big rich game and that it, it, it was it was unex, it, it I was unexpected it was you know I did not expect that when I first started it and that has continued to occur like I, I continually get more uh, you know surprised by how complex things are the good news is my players are really into it and they have their books and they're checking this stuff out so one of the times so so there's a statement that they make in this book and Many times I've had people who are familiar with Blades bring this statement to me and say, make sure that this is true. And that statement is that the players should play their characters like they're driving a stolen car. What they failed to mention is that the GM is in the trunk of that car, getting battered around back and forth as the car is zipping through the streets. And that's a little bit how I feel right? I feel a little bit, I, I, I often use the metaphor of I feel like Indiana Jones on the back of the truck with a whip getting dragged through the street, right? And I feel like that a lot in my D&D games. But boy, do I really feel it now, right? And, and I don't, it's not that I feel like a lack of control because I don't – you know, I'm not a control freak. I like the story to go off in different directions. But there are many times, particularly with the mechanics of the games, where the players are talking among themselves about how the mechanics work. And they're not even talking to me. And I'm like, I hope they figure this out because I sure as hell don't know what I'm doing. Right? So it's fine. But, boy, like that. that's – you know – it's definitely a different spot for me because like I've been playing so much D and d and I'm very familiar with the system and I'm very comfortable running it and now I'm in a system where I'm totally not comfortable running it. And I'm sure we're missing stuff, right? because all of us are new to it. So I'm sure we're missing stuff. Are we having a good time? Yes. I'm, I'm really enjoying the story. I'm really enjoying the characters. Uh, a lot of that a lot of that is really cool. and we'll we'll talk we'll get into some details about what's going on in the game. But I'm definitely, I'm definitely enjoying it, right? And I do feel like I'm in the trunk of the car, getting battered around while the cars are driving around, you know. But you know, I, the the story is one we're going to. Re- so let's take a look. I have been using my campaign template mostly to keep track of stuff. I have been, you know, filling in NPCs. We got lots of NPCs already, considering we've only had like one real session, and lots of different stuff that's going on. I was said, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of talk about it. So they, I, 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 I wanted to start off. You know, in media res, they recommend that you do this in the book. I like started off, and so it was like, okay, they already just left talking to what's his name, Bazos Baz. By the way, I want to thank all of the commenters on YouTube last week for uh, for getting together and 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 deciding to do a campaign about how I misspelled. Who is it? The the the, the lamp blacks. You know, everybody wanted to remind me that it's Lamp Black, not Lamp Back. And I think some people were p- pissed off about Bazos Baz and whatnot. Whatever, right? But I thought that was funny. It's like everybody in the world wanted to tell me, Lamp Black, Lamp Black, Lamp Black. I'm like, okay, I get it, man. Read, read other people's comments, right? Before you post your own. So they met, they, they left Bazos Baz. They went out to the street. They, they, we didn't, we, we cut to them. They had already left. They're already on their way out, and a bunch of red sash cutthroats jump them, right? And immediately the red sashes are like, see, you were just hanging out with those, with those, uh, the, the lamplax, Yeah. You were just hanging out with the lamplax, and we don't, you know, we don't like that. And, you know, I, I created a clock. That, so, this, and, and, and the, the party was like, Well, we want to, there's one jackass noble guy, and we want to, focus on him. And it's a bunch of like cutthroats, right? Hired cutthroats. And so I created a countdown clock so that they could break the morale of this group without like having to actually get into a fight. Right. And they did, they succeeded and they succeeded by like remarking about the dude's sexual prowess, right. Referring to him. I think, I think they referred to like, Hey, weren't you known as like limpy back in school? And he's a, you know, And everyone laughed and, you know, so they managed to break up the whole situation, but in doing so, they had the complication of, they created an enemy with this guy and his family, right? That like, this is a noble dude and they, they, and they created a, you know, they ended up creating a problem with that guy and his, and his whole family, right? And who knows if that ever comes up, but you know, it was kind of a neat, it was kind of a neat thing. So we got, it was a good opportunity for us to get used to doing roles and, and, and you know, me making sure that like they chose the approach that they wanted to take, what a complication looked like. We, I, I love doing deals with the devil, right? I do a lot of deals with the devil. I try to find a deal with the devil in every scene because I think it's neat. The interesting thing about a deal with the devil is that whatever the deal is, it happens. You can't, you can't circumvent the 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 devilish deal, right? Like a thing will become true, but they get a bonus to the role to succeed if if not. And so that that's kind of, you know. That's kind of a fun... It was kind of a fun way to go. They did learn some secrets and clues. They learned that the Red Sashes are hiring like crazy. They learned that many trained Red Sash sword people have connections to nobility. Yep. They moved their war chest. They did learn that. And so that, a lot of it was a heist. So this was one, like, they had that scene, and then it was like, okay, let's go to our headquarters. And we hadn't done anything about their headquarters yet. Again, big pile of mechanics around your, your headquarters. And they decided that it is a it is a law office. One of the characters is a lawyer, kind of, and he they 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 said the back office of their place is 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 like where they exist and it's this ramshackle broken up place with like moldering books and all kinds of stuff right so it's like it looks terrible but it's home right and it's a safe place that they can go to and propagate and i thought that was really fun and they really they really enjoyed that and but we spent a fair bit of time then cleaning up the crew sheet to make sure that they had all of the stuff that they needed to do to have as a crew and also kind of setting up the location. And That took a good amount of time. That was like an hour, hour and a half of the time. That wasn't like part of the main story, but it was really fun, right? Like they, and I think it's fun to do that kind of stuff. Like them thinking about the place that they're, they're, they're living and they're, they're building, is really, really cool. They then learned, so then it was about the job. I was like, okay, let's get to the job, right? And the job is they need to acquire the war chest of the red sashes so that they can they can make sure that the, the, they, can, they can suck the money out of the red sashes so they can't hire as much. And that will reduce their ability to take over in Crow's Foot, right? That's kind of the thing. I had luckily done a little bit. I, and I, I felt, I could tell it was off. I could tell it was off from the rest of the game when I already had a location ready to go. And I'd already had this details, but by having that stuff, I think it did make the whole game richer. So I don't think, you know, the, the idea that like you shouldn't prep anything and you should just improvise this stuff. I'm like, well, the place would have been a lot less interesting. First of all, I did improvise a lot of the specifics, but the place would have been a lot less interesting if I hadn't had that. It just meant that there were moments of exposition. There were moments of me talking about what the Deathlands distillery was like. You know, so I created this situation. I think it was very useful to create this situation of there's two different locations and the stuff is going to be moving from one location to the other. And that gave them options. Do they want to hit it at the old place, hit it at the new place or hit it on the way? Right. There are lots of different ways that they could approach this. And they said, let's go get it before they move it. Right. We know that they're going to move it from the Deathlands distillery and they're going to move it to the theater of the mind. We don't want to wait till it's we know that's gonna be heavily guarded on the way we don't know what direction they're gonna go and we know that they're gonna be expecting somebody to try to get it so we're not gonna do it then let's try to hit it right before right which brings up really cool options for how this goes bad like the the crew that's gonna come get it suddenly shows up right so they thought about their plan they did a bunch of roles to kind of get information about it they they learned a lot more about what was happening and then they actually started to get into the place and looked around and they saw, okay, it's a three-story building. There's like a, a hanging gantry office thing. It's in the office thing. There's only one way in on this like rickety walkway that leads to this like big metal scaffolding system that leads down to the distillery equipment. The distillery equipment is sending down horrible shit into these vats below that is distilling soul, stuff to create dirty electroplasm back when they were refining it from the land rather than going out and getting it from from the leviathans which i thought was fun the kind of crew they picked are shadows the crew are shadows in fact why don't we take a look at the characters? so well tell you what so first off we're going to create a new sheet today is the ninth so our crews are the Grey Enigmas. There are six of them. Andreas Rat Templeton, a lurk apprentice shadow. He likes luxury. Salia is his, his info broker is his ally. Darmut is a blue cloak. That is his Adrian Storm Shadow Keel is played by Brian is a whisper. Background comes from the underworld, is drawn to the occult. Sat- a satira is a demon ally that he has. And Flint, the spirit trafficker is his enemy. It was pretty funny because he could tell like how things were going to go. And I said, like, you know, he was calling spirits and stuff. And I was like, you can channel this stuff. But if you do, like, you're pretty sure that the that the spirit traffickers will hear about it. He's like, I'm not doing that because that I know it's going to be that jackass Flint that shows up. Right. So Chance Fingers Barrow is played by Jerry. He's a leech, an academic. He collects human fingers and hangs around his neck. Jewel is his blood dealer that he likes. And Eckert is a corpse thief that he doesn't like. Moreland the Kingmaker, uh, played by Jay, is the lo- He's a spider, a bourgeois. He is uh, he has an obligation to the local orphanage. Jaron, a blue coat archivist, is his ally. And Salia, the info broker, is his enemy. So we have an ally and enemy here. That's pretty cool nishan lex adele is played by juliet they are a slide and academic they sneak oblivion through drugs there was a lot of fun drug drug rolling drug rolls that that happened in this last one brill their drug dealers are ally and bazos baz is their uh lamp black fix this so i don't get a thousand comments about it their lamplack leader is an enemy so that was kind of interesting and that made sense that like she wasn't there right the character player wasn't there the character wasn't there because i don't i don't negotiate with that jackass porto half off high tower joe is a cutter he's like the, the true just the muscle of the group background is labor he likes to go to the fighting pits sawtooth is a physiker who's helped him before and mercy is a cold kill who is his enemy they are shadows we this whole faction thing was something we spent a fair bit of time with I don't really know how it comes into play. The plus one with the lamp of blacks. Hey, look, I got the name right there. Minus two with the dimmer sisters. I brought in the dimmer sisters because I thought they're cool and creepy and they're they, they're kind of like a cult and I like cult things. Plus one with the crows, right? So they're like, okay, the crows are around there. Minus two with the red sashes, which is going getting worse every time. And plus one with the Crowsfoot citizenry, right? so one of the players is the scribe who has been keeping track of information about the the group and put it in this form fillable sheet so we've got some good we've got some good you know some good stuff going on here that that we're able to capture which is great so those are the that's the group so they're in the distillery right now they're gonna go on the job and you know, what are some of the interesting things? Oh, and then you have these, my, these spooky themes. This stuff really, this stuff really helped, right? The costly successes and devilish bargains. I think I made some lists of this last time that helped a lot. I rolled a, ro- a lot on these lists to try to add some of the more fantasy flavor of the adventure to to things. So that worked out, you know, using that worked out well. They met the, the one of the characters, mother came as a goat, got called and she's creepy and weird. And yeah, it's a lot of fun stuff. So they're in the let's open up a, put this new tab. I'll go to our ninth. So the strong start they are in the Deadland, the Deathlands they're in the Deathlands distillery, right? They've already reconnoitered the place. They already know what's going on and and where things are going. But now it's time to change the circumstances. I I wanna keep, one of the things I wanna keep, instead of scenes, because we don't know what the scenes are gonna be, this one we could make as um, challenges. The bad things, right? And one of the bad things is that Red Sash, Red Sash regulars could come to the distillery did they roll an engagement roll yet? No, they have not, right? And the engagement roll, that's something I, I I need to figure out. We did not do an engagement roll yet, and I think I need to do that. And doesn't that tells you right up front like how good this whole operation is, right? It gives a general swing of like uh, is that the fortune roll? That's not the fortune roll. Fortune rolls a G, when I roll, when a DM when a when a GM rolls just for, you know, to to kind of see how something's going to go. But I need to roll an engagement roll. And we roll that during the game, right? I shouldn't roll that now, right? I should, I should roll that because, you know, all this stuff is like, we roll, we roll when the game itself is going to occur and that tells us how things are gonna go. But it starts the encounter. By encounter, I presume you mean like the scene. Do the players know what the engagement roll result is? Do they know like, wow, things are about to go bad? They do know what it is, okay, cool. Planning and engagement. All right. So they've got their plan. I mean, I I don't know that it fits perfectly into these six approaches, but I think, you know, they know that they're going to do it so the engagement roll. okay once the players choose a plan to provide its details the dm cuts to the action describe the scene as the crew starts the operation and encounters their first obstacle how is that established the way the gm describes the starting situation can have a huge impact on how simple or troublesome the operation turns out to be rather than expecting a GM to simply get it right each time we use a dice roll this is called an engagement roll fortune roll starting with 1d for sheer luck modify the dice pool for any major advantages or disadvantages that apply so major advantages or disadvantages. Is the operation particularly bold or daring? Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Is it bold or daring? I mean, stealing the war chest is kind of daring. I'd probably give them the benefit of the doubt and say, sure. Is it overly complex? No, go in, get the stuff, get out. Does the plan's detail expose a vulnerability of the hidden of the target or hit them where they're weakest? It doesn't, expo- uh, yeah, the vulnerability is all their money's in one place. So I, I think the argument could be yes. Is the target strongest against this approach, or do they have a particular defense or special preparations? No. So that's pretty solid, right? Can any of your friends or contacts provide aid or insight for this operation? Probably not, because they don't really have any, are any enemies or rivals interfering with the operation? Probably not. Are there any other elements you might want to consider? Maybe lower tier target will give you plus one die. maybe higher tier will give you plus, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I think it seems like, so, so you know, very first thing we're going to do, right? The strong start is engagement roll. And it sounds like it's like a, a plus two die roll, right? It's plus one for luck. Maybe it's three. Is it a three die roll? And is that too much? Because it seems like, is it bold or daring? Sure. So they start off with one die for sheer luck. Bold or daring? Yes, because they're going for it. Does it expose their vulnerability? Yes, because they're getting all their money in one place right but nothing else so it feels like it's a 3 die roll and then it's about obstacles right you're in control you're in a controlled position when the action starts you're in a risky position when the action starts you're in a desperate position when the action starts right so what could those be right and really I guess when I think about the kind of prep that I need to do, it's mostly about just understanding the situation in the world, right? I'm not worried about planning what's going to happen. I'm just thinking about what the situation is, right? And what are some of the details? What are some of the... I wouldn't mind having a strong start because I think that you want to have like, what what are those first challenges? What's the first thing that's going to come up, right? But maybe instead of scenes, we're going to talk about the situation, right? And the situation is the war chest is kept up on the third floor of the distillery in a hanging office, in an office hanging from a gantry. Maybe the office is uh, part of a ship, decommissioned ship. There are, so who's guarding it? There's one red sash noble Guarding the war chest with two hired thugs nearby. They're not allowed in the office because they don't ever want to give those thugs access to it. There are two red sash nobles and a half and a dozen cuts. That's nah, probably not a dozen, eight in the lower areas of the distillery watching for trouble. Right. Six red sash nobles, including, and we have an NPC. There's a there's a dude, Whisper, right? I don't have a card for whisper. Sad. It's probably my other sheet here. Willow. Right? I could grab him. Stick him in my NPCs. So uh Willow are on the way to collect the war chest and bring it to the theater of the mind, right? They're coming to get it. What other, is there any other situations? There's toxic sludge drips from the old distillery equipment on the first floor. The gantry above the distillery is rusted, creaky, and old. Is it possible that the Dimmer Sisters are interested in grabbing up this war chest too? Who would they have sent? Let's take a look at the Dimmer Sisters here, right? I guess the Dimmer Sisters are used as a example a lot of times. That's not handy. Eh, come on. Let's look at factions here i want i i like crazy you know i don't want everybody to just be like the street thug right we want some kind of interesting people here and i think the dimmer sisters could potentially bring some interesting right they're they're occult people right occult reputation dimmer sisters they have a final manor house in the grounds, as well as an ancient temple ruin and subterranean canal beneath. That's pretty cool. I like ancient temple ruin. Apothecaries and witches in their service. There is no single leader the sisters. The true names are not known. Rosalind, servant, patient, loyal arcane, deals with contacts outside. Irulin, Sparkraft, tinkerer, lawyer, and en- enigmatic, obsessive. Oh, who's that? There seems to be missing a description there. Notable assets, uh, private electroplasmic generator, lightning barriers, and spirit containment vessels. Many spirits bound to service. I think they might send some spirits, right? We don't know how many sisters there are. So I think a... did the, the Dimmer sisters sent a witch. Who might they have sent? Is it possible? Let's take a look at the crew and see what allies or enemies might make it. So Flint could is a spirit trafficker. So Flint could be, could be working for the Dimmer Sisters. Satara could be involved, but probably not. Jewel could be the blood dealer, the ally. Probably more interesting to bring in a probably more interesting to bring in a rival or enemy than it is to bring in an ally. So I think like a, a couple things. I think Mercy We can replace, so Mercy, the cold killer, is hired by the Red Sashes as part of the escort team. I think that's good. And I think Flint is working for the Dimmer Sisters. Do I have a Dimmer Sisters page? I do. To steal the war chest themselves. Flint probably has a number of bound shadows, right? The heist is going to go sideways fast. That's the hope, right? It's no fun if it just happens. So I think having a third party that's getting in there to steal it is good. Are the, the crows involved in anything, right? Are the crows trying to get involved here? Is that too many? So we now have our heroes. The lamp blacks are, they, 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 our heroes are working for the lamp blacks. We call them heroes, right? Our crew is, is lamp black. They're going directly against the red sashes. The crows have kind of the largest contingent, right? So maybe the crows, is there somebody from the crows? Let's see if there's, you know, we can we can look at them. Bell, right? So Bell is the second in command. So we can have uh, Bell, second in command of the crows, plans to overtake the procession of the war chest from the red sashes with an overwhelming force. So now we have three, four groups that are going after the package, right? Maybe, possibly, right? It's a lot of complicated. So now we've got the red sashes have it. The dimmer sisters sent Flint with a bunch of bound spirits to go get it. The lamp blacks sent our heroes to go get it, and and the crows plan to just grab it along the way and say like that's our tribute. You know, we've decided that you're paying tribute to us. They're thinking like, hey, we could use that money too. That is a pretty, you know, that's a. It that might be too much. I mean, you know, I could just have it on hand, right? I can decide not to do it if I don't want to. Are there any other? Uh, important bits of this situation. The reason why I'm kind of defining the situation is as we do these roles, it will determine like how hard or easy something is. And, and, you know, so complications. We could have the red sash escorts arrive early. Complications number two, these could be like good or bad, right? We'll call these bad complications. Red sashes, something explodes. Ah, They're just complications. Something explodes in the distillery one of Flint's shadows goes get, breaks free. What other, what other things could happen? The gantry can collapse. Something crawls out of the toxic sludge. I think 10 of these are probably good, right? I think if I have, you know, I was just talking about the, the value of a list of 10, right? And I think having 10 complications is, is a really, you know, feels, feels handy. A spirit possesses someone. What about like something from the outside? calls it's due. Right? Like somebody in the one of the characters made a bargain with something from the outside and that bargain is coming due right now and you're like seriously I'm in the middle of a heist and now is when you want me to do this thing for you and it's like yep. You owe me a soul, right? Or something like that. That could happen. The blue corrupt, what are they called? What are the the cops? What are the cops called? Blue coats, right? Corrupt blue coats show up. Right. Oh, the last three are always the real killers. You know um, what else? I hate to do like the your your you know. Well, we could. So the war chest in the gantry is a ruse. The actual war chest is kept elsewhere. And in, in the distillery. The complication would I be mean, the war chest is huge, right? And heavy. What else? One last one. Something old awakens in the distillery. right? There was something trapped here. you know, the distillery used something here and uh, it trapped, oh, this could be right out of the keep, right? like a bunch of their local thugs are like hey we found this old crazy iron maiden buried under the rock here we thought we'd drag out the oh god we opened it up and a giant hand came and ripped the guy's jaw off right so yeah we could have you know something old away as was away something old awaken in the keep i am going to take a quick break i will be back in just a couple of minutes and we will finish up our we will finish up our blades in the dark prep so hang tight be right back all right i am back Say, I'm going catch the Witchlight prep yesterday. Yes, uh, my Witchlight prep, my Session Zero light prep thing will be available on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Uh, Tuesday afternoon on YouTube, Tuesday morning. So for those of you who are familiar with blades, do you feel like the prep that I am doing now is over? Am I over prepping? Am I prepping in the wrong direction? Is this stuff... Useful. It feels useful to me, but again, I've only had like one real session, and even that was abbreviated. So, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm curious if, like, you know, does this make sense? Does the the kind of stuff that I'm working on, the idea that I'm, I'm sort of prepping complications and understand like, I hang on to all this stuff with a loose grip anyway. Like nothing, you know, nothing I write down is solid until it happens at the game anyway. Do I throw it away? So I guess a good question for myself would be, how much did I prep last time? And did I and, and was it too much? And I think it helped, right? Like I I used I used what I had. So the encounters with the red sashes, that worked. You know, kind of getting my head around what was going on, that worked. You know, like I, I so I, I did one sentence about the theater of the mind and we're not going there. We're not using it. And that's, you know, like I didn't do any prep, right? I, I, I mean, very little, right? And NPCs, I didn't, I didn't use a lot of these, right? We got Brace, right? Brace Kessarin. I think we got to bring Brace Kessarin back in. You know, I got to put him down in the NPCs. Limpy, right? Whoops, how did I get that? Why is it, it's copying and paste the wrong thing. There we go. So I don't need any locations because the only location that I've got is the is the Red Sash. But I'll, I'll, you know, I mean, I can grab all three of these, right? And just stick them right, right, in, right, right into here. But the, the Academy, they're probably not going to the Academy. So I probably don't need it. And Theater of the Mind, maybe it comes back in. Maybe it doesn't. So, so I guess I'm going to improvise the strong start, right? Like, because it, it, we're going to do that engagement role. We're going to see what happens. And, and the, the, the engagement role is going to determine what kind of things happen. I've got these potential complications that could occur. I know what the situation is. That's really useful. You know, I think that that, I think that that comes out uh, a little over, but rather have too much and not enough. If it helps you, how can it be over prepping? Good question. With blades, I prepped more learning about the factions in the world. Yeah. Read more of the book. I think it's interesting how much you change the eight steps template, or how much you put into each section uh, for Blades in the Dark. Blades in the Dark is just a very different kind of game, so th- I, you know, if I were writing the eight steps around Blades in the Dark, it would definitely be different. But I think some of it, like NPCs and locations, I don't need treasure, right? I don't need monsters, right? Those get those get pulled out, but you still need uh, NPCs. I don't know what you know. I don't really need the scratch pad, so we just have a session notes, right? Secrets are still useful, I think. I don't know, you know, so what what are some secrets? I don't know that I need like the full 10 secrets. The Dimmer Sisters deal heavily in the occult. No one knows how many. The Dimmer Sisters deal with their intermediary whose name is Roslyn. Roslyn Catclaw, give her a fun name what else could we learn the deathlands was built atop an old ruin that channeled energy from the souls of the dead the distillery sits atop ancient catacombs that predate duskfall why not right what else? Any other interesting things that they would learn about? The Dimmer sisters hope to get a hold in uh, Crow's foot based on the current instability. I mean, so what else do I feel like I need, right? I'm I'm having fun kind of coming up with secrets. The secrets are good bits of lore. Cut to the action, right? I don't think I have too much trouble with that. All right. I think we can, I think, I think cutting the boring stuff is fine. I might need to think about what their downtime activity is since that might happen during the next play session. Yes. So the downtime could happen this session. I don't know. Like, I don't know what kind of prep a DM is expected to do. I th- I think the the downtime, we're all just going to sit and talk about it. I think it will be similar to how we handled the crew and some of the other stuff, because, you know, a bunch of us will have the books and I think we can just talk about You know, I I don't think I'm going to prep it. I think I'm just going to say like, okay, it's time for downtime. Let's see what we can do. And then we'll all kind of learn about what the book has to offer. I think my plan my, my loose plan, and I've talked to my players about this and they're kind of on board is we're going to run this heist. We're going to do downtime. I'm kind of hoping that one heist will lead to the next, like maybe the results of this one will lead to another new heist maybe. And then we'll do like one more heist and then maybe one more downtime and a little bit of uh, closure and probably call it done. Right. So kind of two heists, one or two sets of downtime you know kind of have some fun and then and then call it a day. So like three or four sessions total is my is my plan. The whole plan with this was for us to get a taste of what it's like playing Blades in the Dark and I think after four or five sessions, four or five total sessions, I think we'll have a good a good feeling for that. And then after that we're going to run I think we're going to run Numenera and I feel more confident Maybe falsely so. I feel more confident about running Numenera. I just want to find out what I'm gonna run, right? Am I gonna run a module? Am I gonna run, you know, our own thing, kind of a mix of different things. I wanna make life as easy as possible for myself. There's some cool hardcover adventures that they've got that I might try to do. So we're gonna we're gonna play with that. Are there any other secrets? So I wanna whip out a few more secrets just for fun, right? What have I got? Six secrets, four more secrets, right? I think I've already got that the Red Sash the Red Sash Fencing Academy is is like karate camp for rich kids. I think we know that. How about the Red have strong connections with the blue coats and have paid off many of their footmen and investigators. That's not too surprising. Any other so a complication could be does Lamp Black, did the Lamp Blacks plan to just kill the crew and take the take the money? Claiming the whole thing was an independent job by our crew, right? So two more. Any other interesting bits with the Lamp Blacks? Or Boz or anything? The crows attack on the red sashes happens regardless of the heist. Yeah, do they care? Bouncing around in the trunk, yeah. Best description. I'm not sure what it feels like. Or that's fine. I don't mind, it's a fun ride. Wee. I don't know, that's pretty good. Well, oh, come on, I can squeeze two more out of my thick skull. Kind of fun ones. How about a Leviathan Hunter? Just exploded close to shore. Sending raw electroplasm into the bay and hundreds, and, and drawing hundreds of ghosts into the city. That could be fun. The treasure vault itself is sentient. What if the, the war chest actually doesn't contain gold at all? And that could be an interesting complication, right? can add an 11th complication. I, w- I wanted to do this anyway. It contains the soul of the former leader of the crows. That actually might be a secret, right? It contains the dimmer sisters. That's a pretty good secret. All right, what if it doesn't have money at all? So I've got a good handle on the situation. I don't have a handle on the strong start. That's freaking me out. Although in, in a pinch, a Leviathan hunter explodes. I've got my situations. That, that seems pretty good. I've got a, a handful of complications I can run with. And of course I'll improvise those. Yeah, you know, sure. Do I feel good? Sure. We're all here to have a good time. I tell you, my players dig it. So they're happy, I'm happy. We're gonna run and we're gonna see how it goes. And I think we are all set. So I want to thank everybody for hanging out with me this morning while I get my head around my Blades in the Dark game. If you enjoyed this video, you can help me out by subscribing to the Sly Flourish newsletter, supporting me directly on Patreon, subscribing to my videos on YouTube, or picking up any of my books. If you enjoyed this video, hang around next week, and we will take a look at how today's session went and talk about how we are going to uh, go in the future. So thank you all very much for coming today. Have a great day and get out there and play a fun RPG. Thank you all very much.